0: Ben, that was a long hiatus even for us. What's it been, three weeks
1: since our last pod? Yeah, I think it's three weeks on Monday. Is that the, since we last recorded? It was Bill and Ted and I did those dodgy impressions.
0: Yes, it was. And it's the one where I was isolating. Don't have corona. Didn't have corona, by the way. It was fine. But I kept getting phone calls throughout the podcast. I had people at my door being like, are you okay? Here's some work. Um, so that's all fine now. I don't have corona. Ben you uh you actually quite literally moved you're at university right now,
1: yeah, no, I've literally moved uh I think I moved a week after it's kinda interesting. how but, is it
0: are you enjoying it
1: uh yeah, I think so it's a really weird time to do anything like yeah twenty twenties twenty twenty and fresh's twenty twenty was a little bit surreal. And in a
0: in a good way or a bad way?
1: In a, lots of drinking in the kitchen and I've <laughs> went to like virtual meetups and been drinking in my room over Zoom calls so it's been a weird few weeks.
0: I have to say Ben, just looking at your background right now it doesn't look very tidy.
1: No, um, and that's the tidy bit of my room. <laughs> the, my I, love I love that, I love that. My desk is such a mess right now. It's because, you know, I heard a great description that uni halls are basically cupboards under the stairs and my room is like 10 paces, if that, maybe five.
0: So uh, apologies to you listening right now if the audio is sounding off on Ben's end. Uh, He is in a university hall. I think we can let him off. And uh, well, I've had the lovely microphone that I was given... Uh, on a loan. I've had to return that because I'm back at school now, final year sixth form. So I've had to return the microphone and I'm back to doing it from my from my laptop. Uh, uh, I said to Ben, do you want to do it on FaceTime because there's no need to do it on Zoom? He said, no, Zoom's more professional. So let's get on with the professional Articum <laughs> Film Podcast with Ben and Jacob. Absolute pleasure to have you listening. And we are back and we are back with a bang. Reviews from The Haunting of uh, Bly Manor, I Am A Woman, and Agatha, as well as Midnight Murders, Ben. This all sounds so, so good. Uh, we've also got my Binge of the Week coming up for you, as well as trader Talk. But first, let's start with the news.
1: The news, yeah. Some exciting news stories have come out over the past three weeks. <laughs> a yeah. Do you has you want it me been to-
0: quite a dead. Has it been quite a dead few weeks?
1: Yeah, it's been a dead few weeks for watching things and even dead a few things for watching good things. I mean we So should... we
0: couldn't have justified a half an hour long podcast anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I mean when this isn't part of the news, but obviously you No know, Time to Die's been moved, um nineteen eighty four's been moved, Soul is going to Disney Plus because fuck Disney. Um so like there's nothing in cinemas. We're recording this on a Sunday night. I've got two I'm going to cinema twice tomorrow to watch two indie things which we'll talk about next week, but we are going to give independent local cinemas, even your cinema chains. I'm going to the Odeon in Southampton tomorrow. I know Sydney World's had to close uh so if you're listening and um, just go out to your local cinema if you have time, they need your help and they are
0: and uh don't don't buy sweets beforehand from wherever buy them there you know i think that was the best reason to actually buy albeit overpriced cinema popcorn and
1: and it's safe cinemas are safe places you're yeah 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 well like i pre-booked my tickets for tomorrow today so it could change but in both screenings it looks like there's a possibility i'll be the only one in them so oh
0: nice That'll be a weird atmosphere, that. It a will, and one of them,
1: one of them's a horror film, so that'll be, like, terrifying. I'll be in, like, a bitch. Well, at least
0: you can get away with screaming without
1: <laughs> uh, a lot of people looking at you. Yeah, so we didn't talk about... Let's go on to the news we've actually wrote down. <laughs> Just, if you want to go support a lake cinema, we get plugged like this every week. But
0: we so actually, on with the actual rehearsed... Semi-rehearsed, rather, news. Uh, Ryan Murphy's Monster Limited series will focus on the victims of the late serial killer, killer rather, uh, Jeffrey Dammer.
1: Yes, so um, Ryan Murphy, you either love him or you hate him. It's kind of been reported by deadline, I think it was, that his next show in his Netflix deal will be dealing with the famous serial killer, Jeffrey Dammer but also his victims, which is an interesting take. Murphy's been hit or miss recently. We didn't talk about Ratchet because it was in our little mini break, but it could be cool. <laughs> I'm gonna looking leave it.
0: You're looking forward to that one.
1: I like Ryan Murphy, but it's which Ryan Murphy's it gonna turn up. If it's the American crime story people versus OJ Simpson, Ryan Murphy, then I'm so down if it's his pose self, but if it's like the guy who made The Politician and Hollywood and many other mm-hmm. shows, then um, I'm less down. Also, we've got, sorry, I've got a bit of a sore throat, Doctor Strange is joining the Spider-Man 3, so that's the news that Benedict Cumberbatch uh, is joining the Spider-Man 3 sequel it's the spider-man what can they call it because they've had homecoming they've had far from home part of me thinking should the third one be homesick because he'll be on the run and he's known I mean we haven't had Marvel films in over a year at this point it's gonna be nearly two years between the gap of Black Widow and Avengers Endgame due to COVID-19 and um, this film is shaping up weirdly last week or two weeks ago there was the announcement that jamie fox is coming into the franchise uh to play electro which he played in the amazing spider-man 2 which was obviously a different spider-man uh ben Decom- It's
0: all a bit confusing isn't
1: it <laughs> i'm so confused i can barely follow marvel on a good day and there's been lots of marvel news recently trailers and stuff and honestly i watched the film and I probably won't care for it, but, you know, fans out there can get excited.
0: Uh, elsewhere in the news, a Don't Breathe sequel has already been filmed, so not only is it uh, or it just been announced uh, in the recent weeks, it has uh, been announced that it's filmed, it's raring, it's ready to go. Then this is big news, this, isn't it, mate?
1: Yeah, well, the first Don't Breathe film was actually amazing, and... There were kind of rumours after 2016 that they were working on a sequel. But it seemed as if it kind of came to nothing. Um, And then there were rumours that it had been disrupted due to COVID. Now this is the second time in like two months we've had um, news that a film has been not just announced, just actually filmed and they hadn't announced it after Sacha Baron Cohen's Borat 2 film was announced, the film that I'm most excited for and will be up at 8 o'clock in the morning to watch on the 23rd of October, so I am excited for Don't Breathe, if it's filmed I hope it's good, I'm really excited for Borat, I was even more excited when it's a fake movie title had pornographic monkeys and Mike Pence in, but um, I've heard that's now been changed, and the trailer for Borat, which I stupidly didn't include in trailer talk, because it was like last week, also looks amazing. So I'm excited for Don't Breathe and I've just completely segregated into Borat, which as my flatmates will tell you is all I talk about.
0: Okay, Ben is is absolutely buzzing for that as I'm sure you can tell. (laughs) Right now though, let's get on with the reviews. Review number one coming from Netflix. This is a Netflix original TV show in the form of The Haunting of Bly Manor.
1: Jacob, did you, would it have been two years ago, watch The Haunting of Hill House? I didn't. Yeah, because that was like a big, big moment. And it also freaked me because my house is called Hill House. And uh, whenever I just go on Twitter and see Hill House trending, I'm always like, shit, people found my address. But um, anyway, Netflix have followed it up with a sequel, anthology-esque series. The second series, which is... Based off the novel, The Turning of the Screw, follows a young governess who is hired by a man to look after his niece and nephew at the family country house, after which needs lots of care and attention. Soon after arriving at the Bly Estate, she begins to experience strange occurrences and the grim history starts to unravel. Now, despite how it shares a house name with me, I did really like The Haunting of Hill House and um, I was looking forward to the same like people behind it creating a new show, I thought it could be amazing. didn't live up to Hill House, it's not bad. Um, the first four episodes were quite slow, they were a bit boring. I almost stopped watching, but I had an awful lot of time on my hands on Friday so I kept going. And the second half was much better. It's not like a home run, it probably wouldn't even get to fourth base in baseball terms, but it's alright. It's the best thing Netflix have released in three weeks, and considering there is actual stuff on this list which I really hate, <laughs> I'm gonna. I can't talk that badly about it. Ben,
0: ben do you know what? Right, I am. Um, I'm bloody impressed that you're at uni and still managing to watch everything that's coming out. That is. That is quite impressive,
1: dude. well, uh, I'm not actually studying. Slash, I'm just skim reading everything. I'm a terrible student.
0: Um, You've just allowed that to the world. Please, Ben's University, don't be listening. Uh, On with trailer talk now. We've had some massive trailers drop in recent weeks. Ben, for you, what have been the standouts?
1: Mm. Right, so firstly, we've got Mank. Now this film... Oh,
0: sounds great. film called (laughs) Mank.
1: I know it's a shit title, but this (laughs) film will be contending for all the Oscars, I'm certain. It's David Fincher's first film since Gone Girl, and he's got an all-star cast with him, including Lily Collins, who's been breaking headlines in Emily in Paris, Oscar winner Gary Oldman, and Amanda Seyfried. It follows the screenwriter behind the classic film Citizen Kane, and the development of that masterpiece. Uh, It's also in black and white. It's being released on the 4th of December on Netflix, how come
0: it's being released in black and white is that because we're in the middle of a pandemic and can't afford color shows anymore or is that because it's set in the olden times i imagine the
1: latter it's definitely a david fincher creative choice because black and white is more expensive technically and um (laughs) who would have thought but uh yeah i think it's a creative choice because citizen kane was obviously in black and white because it was made in 1940s the film set in what the thirties, and it could be good. I'm seemingly less excited than everyone else is, but it's gonna be alright. I'm far more excited about the three five five though. Did you watch the trailer for this?
0: I haven't, but it I was looks, on Twitter, and it has got a lot of hype around it.
1: It looks amazing. Right. Like it's. An all-female spy thriller with an international cast including Diane Kruger, Penelope Cruz, the wonderful Jessica Chastain, Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o and, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, Binging Fang. It looks like The Expendables meet James Bond. Um, I'm going to the cinema to watch it on January the 15th if it's still to this day because it looks like an interesting film. So,
0: yeah. Uh, elsewhere, we have had uh, The Strand Taylor been released. Now, this is based on the Simon the King novel. Uh, it's seemingly set in a post... Uh, what's it set in? A seemingly post...
1: Apocalyptic.
0: Thank you. It's not like I looked at Ben there and, then, like, help me out. I do not know how to say that word at all. Uh, and we have no UK news on this show's release, but... Ben thinks anything could happen, you know, you think it's very up in the air, don't
1: you? Yeah, I mean, literally, it's being released on some irrelevant streaming service in the US, so whoever gets it over here, it's literally like a game of beer pong, and um, I have no clue. Do you
0: know what I want to say? I love that you've been at uni two weeks, and you're already swearing more than you were, (laughs) and making more alcoholic jokes.
1: Yeah. I love it. We are also love recording at nine quarter to 10 at night, so uh, I'm not going to deny the fact that I'm, I've already had a drink tonight.
0: <laughs> you know what, Ben? You know what, Ben? I didn't want to say anything, but I can tell. I don't think the listeners will be able to tell. I think it's just because I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're moving quite a bit. You're not sat still. You're moving a bit.
1: Well, my chair is... I am also on one of those rolly chairs, that's really quite uncomfortable, but it's the one I was given, so <laughs> shall oh, we talk should we get about... <laughs> on
0: with some reviews? Right, should we get back into yeah, some reviews? But shall
1: we talk about I Am Woman, which is available to watch on Apple or iTunes or whatever you buy your, on, yeah, your VOD releases. It's a biopic. Blu-ray uh, and DVD. Yes, on Blu-ray and DVD, but all the <laughs> online ones. It's a biopic of Helen Reddy, the folk singer, pop singer of the 1970s and 80s, who I hadn't heard of. However, she sung the song I Am Woman, which has become the feminist movement like wave. It's the one they always sing. And this film just follows her life, her friendship with the rock journalist Lillian Roxanne, her marriage with Jeff Wald, which was tragic, to say the least. and all the things that made her career interesting and the treadmill of fame if we hadn't seen this film 150 times before another music biopics. Um, I have to admit I had genuinely never heard of Helen Reddy. I've Googled her a lot since watching this film because I thought that's an amazing story and it's a much more interesting story than it is a film. I preferred reading Wikipedia than I did watching the film which uh, is quite damning. but it's because like Reddy was such an influential character, she was really influential in the E.R. Uh, yeah, ERA, Equal Rights Amendment in the nineteen seventies, to an extent of people like Gloria Steinem. But and her politics caused a stir. People loved her. People hated her. People would be interested in what she said in interviews. She's the person who won an award and said, "I'd like to thank God for all she's gave me," in quite. That's iconic, I didn't know it was her. And she's a powerhouse singer. Um, and Tilda Coben Harvey, I don't know if her performance was either a Star is Born like performance, or if she barely scratched the surface of what the role deserved. It's like you'll have more respect for Reddy if you watch the YouTube videos of her singing or read about her than if you just watch this standard biopic. I mean, it also doesn't help the film that I think I've watched four ERA films or TV shows like Miss America or The Glorias in the past year. I think we've spoke about them. And I know there's still an awful long way in America with women's rights. The Equal Rights Amendment, which was passed in the 70s, did isn't law in all states. But um, I can't help but be a bit... Not bored of the topic, but it's what always happens. Things always come far too close to each other, and then you're like, "Really?" So I think we should move on to your binge of the week.
0: Yeah. Before we get to the binge of the week, Ben, I've realised we haven't been rating these. What are you giving? What are you giving? I am a woman, and what are you giving? The Haunting of Bly Manor.
1: Haunting of Bly Bly Manor. Watch if you can. I am woman. Really it, it's about borderline. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice. what, you, what you not sure between? I'm gonna be nice and go watch if you can, because I hated it less than two things which are coming up. So this on our oh, my end. binge
0: of the week, Ben. My binge of the week I've actually changed in the last half an hour. Uh, have you watched my binge of the week? Don't say what it is, but have you watched it, have you heard about it? Yeah, he's not in his head because he's just had some water. I hope that's water, Ben.
1: That is water. It's not strong, well, don't worry. Uh,
0: so you haven't seen it, but you have heard about it?
1: I have. I was messaging a mate about it the other day, and she said it's it was absolutely great. brilliant.
0: So normally our Binge of the Weeks, well, every other Binge of the Week we've done, have been TV series. However, thought I'd mix it up a bit and uh, tell you listening about an amazing documentary I saw on Netflix. It's called The American murder the family next door so a husband's wife and two young daughters go missing naturally people want to investigate the husband and see if he is behind it um no spoilers but it's basically about him getting interrogated they you know go and look at past text messages between him and his wife His wife and her friends, and it's just really interesting, you know. And it's quite ridiculous, like how stupid that the guy is in a way. But I'd really go check that out if you. It's obviously based on true story. It's real life actors doing it, real life footage. No, real life actors, real life people. It's real life footage, and it is an absolutely bloody brilliant watch. I would highly recommend it. I watched it by accident. My mum had it on. She watched the first ten minutes. I was like, "What's this?" You know when you sit in the room and watch a couple of minutes with her, with, with your parents when they've got something else. I ended up watching the full film with her, I was so engrossed and I absolutely loved it, so I'm giving that uh, The American Murder, The Family Next Door, an absolutely mu- uh, must-watch. Ben, how come you haven't watched it? I thought that'd be your kind of thing, because it's only just been released, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it came out on Friday. I'm sure, it, it. I reckon it is my kind of thing. I'm just a student and have been busy.
0: <laughs> busy drinking. Drinking. Back now to the reviews with Agatha and the Midnight Murders a the Channel 5 TV movie and it is available on My5.
1: So, I have to admit, I only watched this because I had my driving test the next day and it was on and I couldn't drink. And right. I think I would have rather drunk than doing this. It's,
0: so you did not like it?
1: It's honestly... I know people say TV movies and you think of a low quality film that's not good enough to release in cinemas. This is the worst thing I've seen all year. It's beyond appalling. It's set in like a bomb shelter, murder mystery, as Agatha Christie's wrote a manuscript to kill off Praro, but the manuscript's gone missing, all that kind of thing. And it's just dull. I mean, I feel like Agatha Krusty would be rolling in her grave if she watched this. It's a series of, like, unlikable characters brought together by a staffed storyline, a terrible, mediocre script. It's so contrived. They try to make it claustrophobic because it's all set in a bomb shelter, but it doesn't add any tension like there was. There was no suspense. They were just killing people for no good reason. There were dead bodies everywhere. The characters were paper thin. I literally, it demanded so little attention. The performances by Helen Baxdale, Blake Harrison and Jodie McNeil, they all tried and they were quite good performances, but no other characters got any weight. Everyone else was forgettable. And you can tell it's on my five not dissing channel five they've been doing really well recently but no just no
0: but no not a fan i'm just i'm not even gonna ask you there i'm just gonna assume that that is a runaway like the bloody play
1: yeah runaway before it hits you definitely don't even go there it's two hours of your life you're waste
0: if you've got that this far in the podcast thank you very much we are two lads one at uni one in final year sixth form just trying to get somewhere with this podcast still to come we've got reviews uh, Netflix film the boys in the band but right now over to BritBox TV they have released a TV series Spitting
1: Image. So have you heard of Spitting Image? I have. I know because it was a classic 80s or 90s show as my parents tell me as you can tell we're not old enough to have seen the original and Britbox, which is... Not... Oh, well I'm
0: not to have seen the original, just not when it was released.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I caught a few of the classic episodes on Britbox on my free trial, which I got this week to watch the new one. And it sounded quite up my alley. It's like a revival of a satire show with Puppet. Oh, and mate, what have...
0: else has had it? Karate Kid's also had a revival, hasn't
1: it? Uh, yeah, Cobra Kai's done really well, but... We're not talking about that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's so like, yeah,
0: off, we're not talking about that.
1: Well, I haven't yeah. watched it, so
0: maybe next week. Maybe next week. Maybe
1: next week, or when season three comes out in January. Um, but um, it's like puppets, charactering major public figures. I'm sure everyone's heard of it. I'm sure you've seen the puppets because they've gone so viral. And I it's 22 minutes. And there's probably about 15, no, 10 sketches in there. I only last laughed in the ninth one. They're not funny. They have a very funny one about the New Zealand Prime Minister being the Mary Poppins. But everything else I didn't laugh. Like, I think if you have insomnia, you could probably turn this on. And you'd be asleep by the end of the 22 minute runtime, which which in- oh,
0: Well, that is an insult and a half, isn't
1: it? I mean... Why do we need it? Could we have just had the classic one? We live, and I know people say this all the time, in 2020, social media. Our politics is essentially a joke as it is. Donald Trump's in the White House and his clone Boris Johnson's in the Downing Street. There's no way Spitting Image could even pay tribute with how absurd it is. I, I mean, it's say, telling. I can't
0: believe you just compared Downing Street to the White House. They are not even on par with each other.
1: Well, they are kind of. Uh, we're li- literally just terrible, America. We're both British, but um, it's telling that the two funny sketches were about the New Zealand Prime Minister and Keir Starmer, the leader of the Labour Party. The only two politicians in the UK, or in globally who are actually normal politicians and not caricatures in themselves and that is kind of my political opinion and kind of just look at boris johnson and donald trump's hair Um,
0: can i just say i like boris johnson
1: yeah well um He doesn't make very good sketches, that's all I'm going to say. This
0: is not a politics podcast, although, Ben, I do think you would be great at that.
1: I would nail a politics podcast. I don't know
0: if you nail it, you could piss a lot of people off.
1: (laughs) It would be so controversial.
0: It would be unbelievably controversial, I would not be surprised if it got taken down.
1: (laughs) Anyway, according to my dad, this did ruin spitting images, legacy, and it's just not very good.
0: The Did gem- you enjoy it, though?
1: No, I didn't. No,
0: so once again... A I, liked,
1: I liked two sketches in a ten-sketch episode. It's like... Yeah. You could say hit or miss, or you could say miss and miss.
0: Let's give it a miss and miss, shall we? <gasps>
1: yeah, it's a miss and miss. <laughs> there
0: we go. Only here on the RTQ Film Podcast, a miss and miss. And <laughs> oh, now to the final review of the show... The Boys in the band, which is a Netflix film. Ben, did you like this any more than you liked Spitting Image?
1: Finally, we got something I genuinely liked. It's only a shame. I watched it two weeks ago, so it's the oldest thing on this list. But I really like the film. It's produced by Ryan Murphy, who we talked about at the top, with his new Jeffrey Dahmer show, and it's based off the play, I have forgot the playwright and reboot and a reboot of the 1970s film. Um, it's set in 1968 New York, when being gay is still considered to be like best kept behind closed doors, and a group of friends have a ruckus, ra- 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 like a loud birthday party. You're doing to
0: me not being able to get your words out Ben, are you sure that's water you were drinking?
1: I'm sure that's water I was drinking. Uh, hosted slaw, by Michael.
0: You what? You just said I'm slow. it's <laughs> worse.
1: I am sure. Hosted... I'm
0: not so sure.
1: Hosted by Michael, played by Jim Parsons off the Big Bang, who's a screenwriter who spends and drinks far too much, a bit like me. Um he then it's the birthday parties for his sharp dressed and sharp tongued friend Harold, played by Zachary Quinto. Other characters in the Boys in the Band, which is a 9 strong ensemble, include Donald, Matt Matt Bomer, his former... I'm sorry, I'm having a moment. I can't get my words out. (laughs) Michael's former fling, and now they both kind of are quite brutal towards each other. There's also the couple, Larry and Hank, played by Andrew Reynolds and Tuck Watkins, and they're having huge problems. We've got uh, after one of them's a school teacher who's left his wife to be with a guy who doesn't want to be held down. Um, there's Bernard, played by Michael Benjamin Watson, a librarian tiptoeing around the fraught codes, being friendship with Emery Robin de Jesus. And these two are really fascinating characters. Bernard's black and gay, and he's like, he's two minorities, be so happiness skin. And Emery is, as they call him, He's your typical queen, fairy, bottom, to use quite derogatory terms. But um, the -the over-the-top stereotype who's insecure and struggles. We've also got a... I can't think of an appropriate word to describe him uh, for the podcast. Gigolo, played by Charlie Carver, who's hired to make the night interesting... And, of course, Michael's straight friend, Alan, just turns up for no apparent reason and sees a bunch of gay dudes and shits himself. (laughs) And, as you can imagine, it's a party. It all goes out of hand very, very quickly. I hadn't seen the original movie. I was blown away by the intensity and the truth of this film. Lots of people I know have kind of said this film resonated with them in interesting ways. It's interesting we're talking about this on National Coming Out Day as well, which I didn't know was a thing until I read it online. And it's really interesting because often we see LGBT characters played as either like the gay best friend or like a romantic lead, but they're never fully formed. Here we have self-hate and how it develops your relationships with friendships and all of those things, which even though it's based off a film that came out 50 years ago, it felt new and it felt original and it's so timeless and dated in the same way. Um, the cast are all amazing. They give powerful and poignant performances. They were the same cast who brought, brought back the play on Broadway two years ago. It's also the first time in openly, all of the members of the cast are openly gay, Um, Joe Mantello's done brilliant direction, he always says he's not a film director, he's off-Broadway, but there's tension and suspense, and even for One Location, he brings the film alive in a way that the other One Location film of the week, Agatha and Midnight Murders, just missed. It's 60s, they haven't modernised the film one bit, it's the original script, There are lines of dialogue that are uncomfortable, there are slurs, homophobic slurs, there's a black character and as soon as he walks on you know someone saying the n-word and it's not him. Um, And that could make people uncomfortable. But it does work, it's poignant, it's period and it's meaningful and I think everyone should watch it. Well, we all know what I'm giving it, I've just raved about it for like two and a half (coughs) minutes. I love that film. It's an absolute must watch. It's a must watch. It will be a heavy player in the Articu Film Awards when we do them in December. We're doing
0: Articufilm Film Awards? Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm sure everyone that gets an award will no doubt do acceptance acceptance speeches because this is probably going to be a huge moment in their career Ben, as always it's been an absolute pleasure so good to talk to you again man It's been i know i've missed you in
1: like i've missed you too in a yeah i've missed
0: you i mean in a podcast way
1: yeah it's it's been nice
0: it has been nice it has been nice good to see you enjoying uni mate maybe next week we can do it slightly less tipsy
1: I'm sorry, I was not drinking, not drinking, not drinking, and then I saw my flatmates about half an hour before I recorded this. And, yeah.
0: That's fine. That's absolutely fine. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.